All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 podcast. I'm joined today, this week, uh, again with Mondo from Five Fires YouTube, the Cali Bay, to talk all about Super Nintendo World and his impressions since he's actually been to the technical rehearsals, which we'll talk about not only in the news, but for our Main Street topic. But I wanted to welcome you back to the podcast, Mondo. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me back, Danny. Can't wait to talk Super Nintendo World as there's a lot to discuss. Uh, but I'm glad to be back. Hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. And uh, we're going to go ahead, of course. I wanted to take a moment to thank everyone uh, for listening to the show, providing your feedback. I had an episode this last week uh, with uh, my co-host, uh, Jar Jar Bougie, talking about places to escape the crowds at Disneyland, coming up on some busier seasons here. So we wanted to talk about that. Um, but, uh, if you have any topic ideas, any questions you'd like us to answer on the show or anything like that, feel free to send us an email. You can do so at podcast podcast at the 5571.com. Again, that's podcast at the 5571.com, uh, for the email address to send in, uh, all of your, uh, like I said, topic ideas or feedback or just questions you might have, uh, which sometimes we can feature on a Q and a segment, uh, if we ever do get them, um, enough to kind of put together for you guys for something like that. So definitely do that if you're interested. And of course, subscribe to the podcast as well on whatever platform you're listening to, whether that's Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can actually subscribe to the podcast on those platforms. Um, and then there should be an option too to uh, turn on notifications so you can be notified when new episodes post. Typically, uh, all of these episodes post on Mondays. Um, I have them go live at 5 a.m. So they're available early Monday for any of those people that are doing their daily commutes to work and like something to listen to on their uh, drives into work. So, or however you commute. Um, but again, thanks so much for listening, but let's go ahead and get this particular episode started with the 5571 news segment. And I wanted to first start off with Disney parks blog, releasing the foodie guide for the Lunar New Year celebration um, specifically at Disney California adventure park with the Lunar New Year festival. Um, which starts this Friday, January 20th. And this year, there's some crazy fusion food ideas that they have going on, as well as some brand new booths that we haven't seen yet. Um, but first, let's go ahead and talk about some of those new booths. So we actually have uh, two brand new booths that they've showed off on the foodie guide. The first one being called Bamboo Blessings, uh, which this booth is actually located just outside Cars Land. Uh, and that's another thing that we saw this uh, today, actually. Mondo and I were actually in the parks today, um, and we saw the the marquee, the big archway that kind of kicks off or welcomes you into the Lunar New Year Festival celebration, um, was moved all the way down to where Avengers Campus is. Uh, it's even beyond the Cars Land entrance. So uh, a lot bigger footprint this year for the Lunar New Year Festival than past past years. Uh, that was that was a surprise to see, don't you think? It's never been out there. Um to me, it just signifies this Lunar New Year is going to be more grand than the previous ones. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, the Bamboo Blessings booth was a new booth, um, and it's a bigger booth. Um, and it's uh, in it's uh, in Food and Wine Festival. I think this particular booth, which is usually in this location, is called like Bruise and Bites. Um, and this particular booth, Bamboo uh, Blessings, is also a beer-centered booth. Um, it's going to have like beer flights and a, a bunch of different beers available as well as other, um, alcoholic drinks. 
Um, but they also have like some of the fan favorites from the festival, right? So the staples that we usually see. So the Mickey shaped hot dog bun is going to be at this location, as well as that Mickey shaped macaron with the purple sweet potato filling. Uh, I don't know about you, Mondo. I-, I think it tastes good, but I don't like the fact that like when you eat it, your tongue and your mouth are just like dyed bright red (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and those two items that you talked about those are like their key marketing tools always yeah it's it's true it's true the the bright red uh mickey macaron for um the you know the celebration with like a kind of gold painted across it and Mm -hmm. then the the hot dog mickey bun which is such a like iconic food item for this festival um but yeah those are both at this one and probably pair pretty well with all the the drinks they're going to be serving there and yeah, another i can confirm your mouth will be dyed oh my god colors that macaron is it, it, it's <laughs> it's bad it, it really like totally dyes your mouth and like your lips and everything so the only one that could compete with that is uh the corella de Ville cupcake from a long time ago oh my god during halloween season yeah that one <laughs> whatever color dyes they use for that i think it's just black and white like your whole mouth was just dyed I know. <laughs> uh, and another brand new booth this year for the Lunar New Year Festival is going to be a booth called Wrapped with Love. And this booth is actually um, down that corridor where the San Francisco bathrooms are across from the Little Mermaid attraction, close to Grizzly River Run. Um, this booth featured wontons and dumplings, which we haven't really had uh, for the festival, at least from a booth anyway. Um, and they had some themed cocktails as, as well here too. Um, so the wontons here were... Um, your 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 meat option and the dumplings were your like vegetarian option um so there's a lot of no another big thing though about this festival compared to what i've seen in past festivals is it seems like there's some just crazy fusion food ideas this year starting off with the quesadilla egg roll which even comes complete with consomme which to me sounds totally wacky for uh, quesadilla i don't know what do you think about this Mondo? are you gonna try it (laughs) that quesadilla egg roll was on nobody's bingo card i know it's like (laughs) like disney introduced the the quesadilla tacos you know they're just trying to put quesadilla everywhere yeah they had the sam they had the the torta or the sandwich you know the torta yeah quesadilla tacos where it all started so now they're doing they're now they're doing an egg roll but another thing they have uh, fusion food wise is pizza filled bao buns. And, you know, we as far as festivals are concerned, Disney also likes to, to put pizza in things. Right. Yeah. We've had pizza egg rolls before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then another one, too, Danny, um, it's going to be where uh, uh, is it? Uh, Go Shu Shang Elote. Yeah, that's what that's my next one. Was yeah, the uh, I've never seen that brand new item to come. Yeah, go gochujang sauce uh, on basically lote. So they're mixing a lot of um, Hispanic foods, Mexican food, with uh, some of these Asian uh, inspired dishes, uh, kind of fusing them together. Um, you know, there's obviously uh, a big uh, local Hispanic population that visits Disneyland frequently. And uh, and Hispanic and Mexican food does so well at Design Resort. So they're kind of fusing that together with some of these uh, Lunar New Year Festival options. And maybe it'll be a big hit. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think one of the sleeper hits that's going to be here for Lunar New Year are Lamplight Lounge items. They're going to get a Surf and Turf fried rice, 
Uh, I don't know about this one, but Sesame Seed Donuts. And then they're also going to have a Lamplight Lounge Lunar New Year Cocktail. Uh, so lots of items to come at, uh, at Lamplight Lounge. I know it's, it's, uh, there's, there's a ton of restaurants participating. Um, so not only do we have all those booths, um, we have some returning booths, of course, like longevity noodle, um, prosperity bow and bun. Um, and, uh, of course the red dragon spice traders. Uh, and so lots of booths returning those new booths talking about Mondo said the, uh, lamplight lounge, uh, but all the other restaurants throughout California Adventure Park are also going to do it. They have got some items at Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta. Um, we have some items at Lucky Fortune Cookery, which I'm excited about that. They're going to have mango sticky rice, which is like one of my favorite. I want to try it. I want to try it. Dude, when I go to Thai restaurants, I love mango sticky rice. So I'm like so excited for, for this particular item. So I can't wait to try that. Um, the Magic Key Terrace is coming in with some pork spare ribs. That's going to be something new. So if you can get a spot at the Magic Key Terrace, you got that. And um, I'm going to say it again. Five Fires YouTube will not be covering anything Magic Key Terrace. <laughs> and then as far as uh, the Pacific Wharf Cappuccino cart, which is right across from Little Mermaid, here's another fusion item with uh, some Mexican-style food. Green tea uh, Daddy? What? Yeah, green tea horchata. <laughs> I don't know how I feel I about that. Know where I don't even know where I could buy something like that, like in real life outside the theme park. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. I don't I don't really know how this plays into Lunar New Year Festival, but the Pacific Wharf Cafe has given us a white chocolate apple bread pudding. Not really sure how that relates to the Lunar New Year Festival, um, but it's considered an item that's going to be for the festival. Um, but then the big guns coming in, of course, the Paradise Garden Grill, the restaurant oh. that's always rotating – it's going to have the most stuff, um, tons of items here. I'm more um, excited for Paradise Garden Grill than the booths, to be honest. Right, same, same. And they're even going to have um, some, don't forget to head on over to Sonoma Terrace, which is the outdoor kind of uh, wine bar that they've got going on next to um, uh, Wine Country Tutorial over there. They're going to have, an. Uh, they always have like one or two items featured during these festivals and people kind of forget about it. Yeah, so they're gonna for hits. They're always sleeper hits. Yes, and they're gonna have spring rolls, which spring rolls are like one of my favorite uh, Asian dishes. So I can't wait to to try that either. It's gonna be a pad thai spring roll. So it's gonna be shrimp with scrambled eggs, noodles, and crushed peanuts all um, inside the spring roll, and then you'll have like a, so a peanut sauce. So it'll be uh, really really good. I can't wait to try that as well. And they're gonna have some extra food carts um, outside. Uh, the, you know they usually have a food cart kind of over by um, like Little Mermaid. That's like in addition to the booths. And then they usually have one over by um, the Lunar New Year Festival set up by Paradise Garden Grill that have additional things like um, looks like this year they're going to have a teriyaki turkey leg, which is nuts. Um, a chicken bao bun, uh, which looks just like the ones that we have at Paradise or um, at Tropical Hideaway. So it looks like they yeah. kind of brought that over. And then they're going to have purple grape cotton candy. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> and of course, um, another location getting in on the fun is going to be the Grand California Hotel, that holiday food booth in the middle of the lobby that just seems to stay up year round now is going to be uh, offering some treats and desserts themed to Lunar New Year Festival, Year of the Rabbit as well. Uh, so you can get all that there too. So there's just a ton of stuff going on at Disney Resort for Lunar New Year. And it seems like every year it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, so I'm excited to, to try all this next weekend.
Yeah. I really wish they would bring the cookies outside of the Grand Californian, but I get it. They're, they're just, it's like an exclusive. This is the cookie corner. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, next bit of news, uh, we wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on over in Adventureland. For those of you guys that are listening, planning your upcoming stays, your upcoming trips to Design Resort. So um, as we all know, the Adventureland Treehouse is currently under construction at Disneyland, as well as a lengthy refurbishment for the Indiana Jones attraction, which doesn't currently have a reopening date just yet, but rumors are swirling uh, sometime in the summer. Um, and then, but because of those closures right now, um, Adventureland has actually uh, had some changes to access as far as how you access the land or what you can do. So um, because of the closures over at the Treehouse and Indiana Jones, They've actually brought construction walls all the way out to Bengal Barbecue and completely blocking as well the uh, Jungle Cruise normal main entrance. Um, so the Jungle Cruise attraction is still open, but you're going to be accessing it through that kind of stroller parking area uh, right just outside the exit of the attraction, actually. Um, and then you'll kind of be rerouted into the main entrance of the attraction kind of through a back way. Um, but basically, Adventureland is now a dead end. And that's the big point I wanted to get across here. You can walk into Adventureland from Main Street and from the hub, um, but it's going to be only to access the Jungle Cruise, Tropical Hideaway, Tiki Room, the shops, of course, in Adventureland, and Bengal Barbecue, which still remains open. But there's no through throughput. There's no way to walk from Adventureland into the rest of Disneyland. It is now a dead end. Uh, the cast members have been, they stationed cast members in two separate locations as you're walking in Adventureland trying to tell people, um, but people still, you know, get to the end and have to get turned around. So uh, it, it, just know that like if you, during these busier times at Disneyland, don't find yourself trapped in there unless you're trying to go in there specifically to experience the attraction or go to Bengal Barbecue, uh, which we did today. But it's crazy, Mondo, like to see a, a major artery in Disneyland just completely shut off. I, I'm shocked. And uh, just recently, we got the news that Fantasmic showings were pretty much canceled till February. Uh, this has something to do with it because uh, the bottlenecking that's happening now through Riverbelt Terrace area is pretty rough. Uh, when we were there today being Sunday, it wasn't a busy day. And, and even that crowding was kind of bad. Because uh, the only way to get to Pirates Haunted Mansion is through Riverbell Terrace. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. So this uh, this closure in the walk. We want to walk through Galaxy's Edge. Like, come on, nobody's doing that. Yeah. So this closure in the walkway is definitely um, affecting Fantasmic. Um, you know, it is. Uh, there's only one way in and out of those back ends of Disneyland now, and and that's through that Rivers of America walkway. So you can imagine if that's also closed for Fantasmic. There's really just no way to move people through. Um, so this has to, Fantasmic has to remain canceled until some of this work can um, can finish and then they can reopen that passageway from Adventureland into the rest of New Orleans Square and the Rivers of America. Um, so right now, I think they're showing the first, the first showing of Fantasmic on the calendar again is February 3rd, um, but that is probably subject to change. So Definitely check the calendar on the day that you're visiting if Fantasmic was something that you wanted to experience. Make sure that there are show times on the day. Um, and if you need to change plans to accommodate when it's coming back, uh, just keep an eye on that calendar because Disney does change stuff a lot recently. We've, we've all noticed. So 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and one thing too, the the last thing they want is to have those walls. So I don't. I think they're gonna really work fast to get those walls down and, and clear a pathway through Jungle Cruise again. Um, the <clears throat> the thing I was gonna say is, uh, I feel like whatever works happening for the treehouse, uh, it, it's actually a big deal because to me, I feel like there's gonna be like 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 groundwork happening because they clear they bought they boxed up a huge area uh, of walkway through um i'm excited i'm excited to see what that facade of the treehouse is going to look like and when it comes to life and uh hopefully (laughs) what i wanted to say welcome to tier zero ticket because this is what you're getting (laughs) yeah (laughs) no for reals And, and i'm excited too to see how they um you know, there's a lot of the Adventureland treehouse that is inspired by, of course, the original uh, Swiss Family Robinson treehouse, including the giant water wheel just off the main pathway in Adventureland. And this brought such a great kinetic energy to that space. Um, you know, they do consider, uh, you know, the treehouse to be a big draw into Adventureland, at least coming from that Rivers of America side. Um, so, you know, seeing the kinetic energy on the bottom of people playing kind of in the the space at the bottom of the treehouse, as well as that water wheel moving. It just was a, a you know, something moving in the distance that kind of caught your eye and attracted you to go up into the treehouse and be like, yeah, what's up here? Uh, you know, other things like the music room coming to the treehouse as well. It's probably going to really do a good job of drawing people in. So I'm excited to see, like you said, how they, how they changed this, this area to kind of bring it back the way it was, I guess, prior to Tarzan. So <laughs> But the next item on our news segment is going to be uh, Disney finally sharing an opening day for Magic Kingdom's Tron Light Cycle Run, uh, which is going to be April 4th, 2023. And um, Tron Legacy Mondo was actually released in December 2010. So it's now 13 years later until we see the first attraction at... uh, at at least a a domestic theme park. Obviously we have this attraction already in Shanghai, which opened up in I think 2015 or 16. So, um, but Disney did share that cast members, annual pass holders and Disney vacation club members would be among the first people to experience a new attraction. They didn't say if there's going to be like preview days or anything like that. I would imagine uh, cast members will have their own preview days, but I'm not sure how it's going to work for annual pass holders or Disney vacation club members. They didn't really release any details of that yet. Um, but that's going to be April 4th. So we're just a few months away, finally, of this attraction <laughs> opening. I feel like it's been under construction for so long. It's been too long, Dan. <laughs> too um, long. I almost want to say I forgot Tron was a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and for me, I, I, I truly, I miss the train more than a Tron excitement. Uh, the train is so iconic. It's like part of Walt Disney World. And uh, to get that back, it's been a great addition over there. Uh, and I can't wait to do it for the first time. But for Tron, it's a really hard hype train that they're trying to build because we're talking like five years of hype, Danny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's true because, the you know, the, the pandemic really kind of derailed a lot of Disney's plans and some of the corporate structure and corporate executives they had that were making decisions um, because the Tron light cycle run was supposed to be a part of the Walt Disney World's 50th celebration and the celebration in and of itself 
really got nerfed by the pandemic and the closure of the parks and the reopening. Um, there was so much more that was supposed to happen for not only um, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, but Epcot's 40th that really just got kind of cut. And uh, this attraction opening during that celebration was one of those things. So I think, um, you know, in order to kind of make that a reality, they extended the 50th anniversary for like six more months. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think this, I think this ride will open like right at the end of the celebration or as it's wrapping up. So they, I guess they still kind of did make their goal <laughs> by stretching out the celebration that way. But yeah, this was supposed to open quite a long time ago uh, with the 50th. And uh, it's nice that it's going to be there. Um, I love seeing additions to the magic kingdom because um, it'll be a draw for me to actually want to go there. Cause I usually skip the magic kingdom, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the next piece of news I wanted to share is actually a big deal for us. Uh, Disney Parks shared um, a lot of updates on conveniences that are coming for guests, um, not only at Walt Disney World, but we're going to just specifically focus on um, Disneyland's changes. So um, Disneyland shared some updates that we're going to be providing more flexibility for their guests, um, more specifically starting on February 4th. So February 4th, guests with the park hopper ticket or a magic key pass will actually be able to park hop from one park to the other starting at 11 a.m. instead of 1 p.m. And uh, that's a big, big change. As, as we know, um, I've hated the 1 p.m. park hopping uh, time kind of limitation. And I feel like 11 a.m., you know, we'd love to see the rule just go away, but 11 a.m. is a good change because I'm typically not there prior to 11 a.m. all that often unless I'm like specifically going for something. What about you? Uh, I hate the same 1 p.m. rule, Danny. I've never been fond of it at all. Uh, the 11, I'm very excited for that. It To me, it frees up uh, the accessibility of like having fun. It, it opens up more. Um, I wonder if like them doing the 11 a.m., like if it drives more uh, lightning lanes and stuff like that, because all of a sudden, because uh, like lightning lane only goes so far at DCA, it's more valuable at Disneyland. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious to see how the benefits play out on everything uh, with the park hopping rule. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm happy that they're um, adjusting flexibility a little bit and taking some feedback. Um, and so, uh, like, you know, hopefully this is another step towards just getting rid of the rule altogether. Um, but I'm excited for it. In addition to that flexibility change, they also announced a couple others, um, including uh, sharing with us that there are now nearly two months of days on the calendar that are in that tier zero bracket. So mm -hmm. almost two months worth of days um, in the 365 uh, days in a calendar year um, that Disney shared will be in that tier zero pricing bracket. For those that don't know, the tier zero ticket is the cheapest one day ticket you can buy to Design Resort. It's $104. And uh, Disney shared that um, some of the changes are there's now two months worth of days that have uh, this $104 price mark. Uh, but keep in mind, a lot of these days um, don't have entertainment or are during times when a lot of things are closed. So still check the days you want to go and check the refurbishment calendar as well as the entertainment calendar to see if it lines up with kind of what you wanted to do. And other uh, flexibility changes they announced 
were complimentary ride photos coming to Disneyland during its Disney 100 celebration. Also starting February 4th, so the same day as the park hopping rule changes, we're also they're also going to be offering complimentary attraction photos. So if you go on Splash Mountain, you go on uh, Space Mountain, and you get your photo at the end, uh, you no longer have to have the Genie Plus service in order to get these attraction photos, digital downloads to your phone in the app. Um, it'll just be a complimentary uh, option for guests uh, visiting the resort. So um, I'm not sure if this is going to go beyond the Disney 100 celebration, but um, it is starting on February 4th. Uh, and then the last thing that they shared uh, in this whole flexibility update was that um, Magic Key Passes were going to go on sale again um, throughout 2023. And then they put in quotations like when inventory becomes available. So this leads me to believe that um, they're kind of waiting for people to either renew or not renew. Um, and then if they don't renew, um, like kind of waiting for a little bit. And then as inventory frees up, they sell some more until they don't have any. Is that kind of how you're picking up that Mondo? Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Yeah. So that's kind of what I thought as well, too. Uh, it, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting that they're still planning on doing it. So for those that kind of missed the last window, um, just know that there will be opportunities for you to buy some of the passes. They didn't say every single one would be available. They said some would be available. Um, so definitely take advantage of whatever one's available, even if it's not the one you want. Do you, do you feel like it's a weird predicament that they're hoping people don't renew to then allow other people to buy a pass? And the only reason you're not renewing is because you didn't like the product. So it, it's just a weird move. Because uh, it does feel now that they have that finite number, whatever it is, that we're not going to go beyond this amount of magic keys. <laughs> yeah, it does feel that way. Yeah, it is kind of a, a strange situation to be in, but um, I feel like this is kind of where they're operating right now, right? Like, I don't really know. Um, it's like, I have to hope you don't like this. So then I could free it up for somebody that will like it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a little odd. It is a little odd. Um but I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's just the way they're rolling right now. Yeah, it's just like like I said. Just, I feel like it's just the way they kind of have to roll because they, um, you know, they don't really want to get to those like over a million pass holders probably again that they had before. So yeah. it's a it's quite a interesting change. But um, yeah, so if you're looking forward to being able to buy new passes, that's another flexibility announcement that they said they will be coming. So you know, it is coming this year. We just don't know when, but as soon as we know, we'll share it with you. And then the last bit of news on the 5571 news segment was about Super Nintendo World. I just wanted to share, of course, that Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood has officially soft opened, or as Universal calls it, technical rehearsals. Um, and the first impressions are very positive from a lot of guests. Almost everything um, has been available for technical rehearsals, um, minus a few like food options at the Toadstool Cafe, um, some maybe some characters or character uh, meet and greet locations. They might have alternate locations. Some of the um, games aren't always available every single day uh, as part of the power bands. Um, but we must note this is still a technical rehearsal, so the land's not quite ready yet. There's still about a month uh, for the land to actually open. The official opening date for the land is actually February 17th, uh, 2023. So we're coming around the corner here. Um, but this spring is really proving to be a great time for Southern California theme parks, not only Super Nintendo World, but Mickey's Toontown, 
uh, Runaway Railway, Magic Happens coming, all these new shows at Disneyland. So a lot of stuff is coming and it's just going to be really, really exciting. But that leads me into our Main Street topic, um, which uh, is coincidentally about Super Nintendo World. Um, and I specifically haven't had an opportunity to visit during the technical rehearsal just yet. Um, but that's why I wanted to get Mondo on here um, because he has been able to visit uh, during Super Nintendo World's technical rehearsal, actually on the first day of technical rehearsal. And I feel like uh, for those that were lucky to get to go during technical rehearsal, it was such a special moment because truly, I don't feel like there's going to be a time when that land's going to be as empty as it was during these rehearsals. So um, I wanted to ask Mondo a few questions on his experience on that. I will be visiting uh, Super Nintendo World during the annual pass holder preview. And of course, also going on grand opening day, just to experience the the hype and all the splendor that they're going to be doing for that opening day. Cause it's going to be such a, an amazing event for universal studios, Hollywood. But um, Mondo, when you were, uh, you know, there's been a lot of anticipation for five fires, YouTube channel, as well as you just in general, being a fan of Nintendo and following just the construction of this land, almost as closely as you were following um, Jurassic World when that was being constructed over at Universal Studios um, like the level of anticipation was was high getting into this land did it live up to your expectations it lived up to every expectation <laughs> it, it honestly surpassed my expectation um, I've been covering it you too since it was a dirt field it was just a big dirt field and uh, for the longest time they they themselves didn't want to say it was Super Nintendo World they really didn't say nothing till like, I really want to say like six months ago. <laughs> but um, it, it really is a great experience on many different levels. Uh, the one that really takes over for me is nostalgia. They hit nostalgia as hard as any theme park has ever hit. Uh, they hit you with the feels, the, the audio, the visuals, the colors, the props, the characters, even the food themed to your nostalgia. And um, to me, I, I feel like that's something that's just going to stand the test of time. And soon enough, we're going to have a Mario movie that is going to create a whole new just fan base of kids that then in like 10 years, 12 years, it'll be nostalgia to them. <laughs> no. It, it's impressive, like, the route they're going, honestly. Yeah, uh, no, it really has been. From what I saw online, uh, all the feedback that people have had has just been has been very positive and very impressive. Uh, but as far as, um, like, uh, the experience uh, during technical rehearsal, um, you know, a big aspect of Super Nintendo World specifically is centered around uh, the power-up band. And the power-up band is... Um, you know, a way to keep score throughout the land uh, on key challenges, collecting digital coins in the land. Um, you can use the land to uh, like track your score right on the attraction itself as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all on the app, but at the same time, they have a wall near the bathrooms that you could scan your power band and it tells you your rankings uh, how they how you kind of stand up to the rest of the competition in a sense. Yeah. But it also just gives you your stats in general. So it, it it's it's just all for fun uh, at the end of the day. But it's cool that like you're in this collecting coins mode and getting keys to then all lead you to the Bowser, the baby Bowser challenge at the very end of it all. 
Yeah, it, it it's very unique. I think, uh, and, and I specifically wanted to talk about power up bands uh, in in regards to the land, um, even and from what you've experienced so far inside Super Nintendo World. Since I know it is so technical rehearsal, and there's probably other things that are going to be fully available or just uh, ready readily available for every yeah, aspect of this. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't working on my first trip. It's working now, being like four days later or three days later. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything I experienced relating to Power Band was absolutely a five out of five. Uh, and, and the best thing I could say about a Power Band is I want to bring it back to experience it again. When I relate it to a Magic Band and Bounty Hunter experience or even just the other features of a Magic Band, uh, Power Band destroys Magic Band uh, in regards to fun usability and and the fact that i don't even care to even i don't even know where my magic band is right now but i do know where my power band is because i'm going to go back to universal very soon and i want to punch coins like i, I don't want to go punching coins is part of the game out there <laughs> yeah so um and i wanted to make a, a note too um just for those that that we're listening so there's um there's six different themed power bands they're all themed to different characters in the Nintendo Mario world, right? Um, so there's uh, Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Toad, um, Princess Daisy, and Yoshi. Uh, and so they all have their own theme. Uh, they don't need to be charged. Uh, that was another question I got a lot uh, about. Uh, they're just RFID chips, right? So they are, they're radio frequency, like near field kind of thing. So um, just like on a Disney Magic Band, um accessing the park like scanning in and out of the park and using your magic band to scan at an attraction for lightning lane all of those actions don't require the magic band plus to be charged it's just the interactive things like when the magic band is lighting up for a show or if you're using it for like mondo said the bounty hunter experience that's when the magic band needs to be charged um but i think that's kind of like the achilles heel for the magic band um in comparison to this because all the interactivity in Super Nintendo World with the power up band, um, you know, it, it doesn't require your mad, your power up band to be charged. And, uh, and uh, I think that's kind of the Achilles heel for the bounty hunter experience because not everyone remembers to charge it. Maybe it dies and they have to stop doing to charge their magic band up. So, um, but basically, if you think of like a Mario level um, in a Super Nintendo Mario game, you know, you've got question blocks you have coin blocks you have um you know different inter interactions that mario would normally punch right all those things um you can't interact with those things unless you have a power up band um there are also mini games in the land that also require um a power up band to interact with the mini game although i want to make the distinction that uh, mondo did confirm that the mini games are playable uh, with the exception of the main one, which we'll talk about in a second, um, if you don't have the power up band, you just won't be able to like collect your coins, collect your keys, and, and like continue the journey uh, of this experience. Um, which, of course, you know, not only you're collecting coins and completing challenges, but throughout the land, you're actually collecting keys to unlock the final challenge, which is another main, essentially, attraction in my opinion, uh, which is the like the baby Bowser uh, battle. Um, that actually puts you and your silhouette into the game um, and actually has its own like pre-show. It has its own um, 
like queue and everything and and uh, is it a long experience mondo i haven't done it myself so is it like more than 10 minutes like how long is that it, it even has a queue it's a bit it's like pretty big queue um overall from the pre-show to the end of the experience it was like 10 to 12 minutes somewhere in that range oh okay and um it, and uh when you're i know that there's uh multiple places to buy them the power up bands i'm sure as the land gets closer to opening universal will sell it not only in the land um but also probably upper lot lower lot everywhere so that people can get these uh and get ready to go in the land with them but is there some sort of um, explanation are the team members really good at like showing you how to use them in the land how does that work honestly danny this is the crazy part uh nobody showed how to use anything and uh this is a testament to the usability and just kind of like the user interface of it all it's it's so easy that once you look at the power band you put it on your wrist you kind of know what to do and the way that they made the power band they put a qr code that scans through the universal studios app through the super nintendo world section mm -hmm. it took one minute to load my power band to my account to then go start punching coins i could literally do that in one minute and to me there's nothing explaining what to do anywhere other than inside the power band box. It kind of gives you an explanation, but nobody reads that. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure team members would always be willing to help and explain how power bands work. But I think one of the genius things was that you see people playing the games. You see people punching boxes. You see people scanning their power band. And just from being in the land, it's like an, a self-explanation, honestly. Um, and when I think about bounty hunting, you really don't get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's how you bounty hunt. I could watch somebody bounty hunt and just be like, I don't know what they're doing. It makes no sense. But uh, for power bands, it's just self-explanatory, dude. You're in there for one minute. You'll you'll instantly know what power bands do because you see everybody doing it. Yeah, no, it, it's very unique. But I, I also wanted to call out too, um, as far as the the power up bands now. Uh, for those listening, uh, a power up band is not required to to enter Super Nintendo World, uh, and it's also not required to ride uh, the Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge attraction. Um, but it, all these, the, the power up band does enhance your experience, right? And, and like Mondo said, short of just experiencing the attraction and kind of the, the splendor and immersiveness of the land and the kinetic energy and all the things moving inside, um, power up bands kind of really required to experience the land fully, isn't it? You need the power band. You need the power band. And they come at a price of $44 after tax. The power band just unlocks the land because... Yes, you could play the games, but you're not really building towards that goal of doing the Bowser challenge, the baby Bowser challenge. Uh, but the power bands enhance the experience by like tenfold. It's just so much funner. And the land kind of gets unlocked in a different way because when I'm in the land, all of a sudden, like you, you kind of get in this sense of, I want to search what's in that room. Where do these stairs take me? What boxes are over there? It really puts you in that mode, Danny. And uh, I think that's kind of what, what leads to the success of these power bands so far in these technical rehearsal is that they help you explore the land.
that's what they literally do. Yeah. So I had um speaking of more exploring the land, let's let's go ahead and move over now to Mario Kart Bowser's challenge. And uh, I had a couple questions come in uh, for this uh, for this attraction that I was hoping um, you could answer since you've experienced it. Um, one was, um, is this an attraction like the Forbidden Journey of Harry Potter, where um, they don't allow you to bring like your personal belongings on the attraction and you have to place them in a locker? Or is it not like that? Not like that at all. Okay. Uh, whatever you feel... Monsters Inc. is at Disney California Adventure. That's exactly what Mario Kart is. It's the same feel. You could put your backpack or bag or whatever belongings you have in between your legs. Uh, the lap restraint that goes on you is a, a fit to comfort. It doesn't have to click or get to a certain point, in my opinion. Uh, there's obviously a, a safety thing about it, but for the most part, I'm a bigger guy. I'm a 3X and I fit really comfortable in the ride. Uh, and I was comfortable enough to put stuff in between my legs in front of me, my, my camera with all my equipment. And uh, I do know a lot of tall people that rode the ride and they had no issues too. Yeah. I, I have yet to hear uh, like some type of discomfort or, or I, I guess like a negative of the seat fixture. Uh, I've just heard positives, dude. Yeah, no, that's really good to know because um... – this was I was asked this question a couple of times. So that's really good to know because um, it really makes the the loading and unloading experience of the queue uh, much more like efficient Absolutely. without having yeah. to put it in like a locker, you know, because <laughs> things falling out and stuff like that. I didn't know if they if they had it, so it's good to know that you can bring your personal items um, on me the attraction. Stuff, me putting stuff in the locker for a mummy discourages me a lot from riding mummy. Yes, exactly. I agree with that too. And uh, it's sometimes you, you you think about that and you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. I, yeah, I'll just skip yeah. it. <laughs> and then the other question um, that I had about uh, Mario Kart, the Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge attraction was um, it, as far as, uh, you know, since it's not a, uh, I think the distinction here is it's not a racing attraction, right? You think Mario Kart, people automatically think racing but the the purpose of this attraction is really um it's like an interactive attraction so it's more of a shooter ride like compare it to toy story midway mania um web slingers spider-man adventure attraction um or even like the men in black attraction over at universal orlando park um but as far as um rewritability mondo would you say out of all of those like uh, attractions i just listed is this probably one that you'd want to rewrite the most compared to everything else it's up there, Danny. To beating Toy Story Mania is pretty hard. Toy Story Mania has uh, uh, been on the top in regards to all these shooter games. Mm -hmm. uh, you could even throw Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear is in that. It, you could even throw Barry Tales. Barry Tales is that. It's kind of weird. I, right? I forgot about Barry Tales. That's another good one, too. All these theme parks have like a shooter game, even Six Flags with the Justice League shooter game. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm going to have to say Mario Kart is probably number one, dude. Uh, I've only done it once, but I've talked to a lot of people that have ridden it multiple times, and they say they get a lot out of the experience more and more just because you're kind of adept to uh, how to play. It's a game. You're, you're collecting coins. You're shooting shells. You're, you're gaining points uh, because your power band does connect and scan into the Mario Kart experience. It's part of the experience. It's part of your power band experience as well. Um, and the thing that I 
really wish I knew and anybody listening to this, I hope you do. You listen uh, to what I'm going to say. Look above you, look to your right, look to your left. It's an immersive experience with the augmented reality. It, it really, it even, even look down. I didn't know I could look down to see how many shells I could have to shoot still or how many coins I've collected. It, it's like a little, like a, like a dashboard when you look down. Yeah, I, I, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there's a couple more things I wanted to mention about the attraction. So, um, like I said, it's not a racing attraction. It is an interactive attraction. And um, the technological uh, advancement of this attraction is that it's using augmented reality, right? And uh, people may not know what augmented reality is. Uh, they know what virtual reality is, right? That requires a headset and completely replaces what you're seeing with a new reality, um, but augmented reality puts, um, you know, digital things or other objects on top of what you're already looking at. So um, you wear a visor on this and it's not a virtual reality visor. It's a augmented reality visor that puts elements of the Mario Kart experience on top of the beautiful scenery and showcases and props inside the attraction already. Um, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mondo, but from what I can tell, the augmented reality headset experience from what you're seeing also gives the experience that you're moving a lot faster than the ride physically. Is. It totally does. Yeah. It totally does. And it really shines uh, at the, at the rainbow road section of the ride, which is like the last 10, 15% of the ride. Uh, you're not moving fast, but the augmented reality has like, you're going through light speed. That's how yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a cool one. Uh, I saw that too. It looked like it just seamlessly goes right to the finish line. I saw that. And like, mm -hmm. they just did it really, really well with the augmented reality. And uh, for those worried about like, um, like maybe motion sickness with the virtual reality, uh, again, it's not like, um, it's not a virtual reality. So it's not like you can't see where you're going. Um, it's just a clear window. So the best way to think of augmented reality is if your car has like a heads up display where it displays information like projected onto the windshield of your car. Um, it's very similar to that, right? It's like, imagine this visor in front of you is just your windshield. And um, these items are being projected onto the windshield. So you can see through it. It's just like they're there with you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like the other drivers in the game. It's the things that you're shooting um, from your Mario Kart. Um, so that's kind of how it works in essence, uh, which is a, a totally new experience for theme parks. And I feel like augmented reality is going to be such a big thing coming up in the future. Um, not only with all these rumors of you know different companies coming up with augmented reality glasses and headsets, um, you know, that can really enhance people's, um, you know, day to day with like uh, immersing you into a, a new world, but on your own world. So yeah. I feel like this is the first time we see it in theme parks, but probably not the only time. We're probably going to see it a lot more, uh, maybe even at, at Disney parks in the future. We don't know. But the other question, Mondo, that I had about Mario Kart that was sent to me um, is surrounding the comfort bar and uh, the it has a steering wheel on it. And, and all, we all know Mario Kart, right? It's a race. It's, it's a racing video game. Um, and I know that there's buttons on there to like, you know, that you activate your shooting aspect of this whole experience, which is a main part of it. Does the steering wheel actually do anything in regards to the experience? People were asking that and I didn't know how to answer that one. For me, I thought the steering wheel was how you aim. Uh, it's actually your head. Your head is how you shoot shells. So the shells you're shooting at the opponents are 
literally aim from your head, not the steering wheel. Okay. Uh, I think the steering wheel is just kind of for show more than anything, but uh, it's your head. Your head's the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that makes that that helps answer that question then, so people can be prepared for that as they go there. Um, but leaving the attraction now, uh, some of the other questions I had were in regards to uh, dining, because obviously Super Nintendo World not only features the attraction, the power-up band interactivity, but dining and shopping. Um, I know you had a chance to visit, uh, just try at least one item for now, uh, the Toadstool Cafe, which has just incredibly themed food that looks almost too good to eat from what I've seen on a lot of these things. You had a chance to try um, the Mario like cheeseburger, right? Yep, yep. It's like a mushroom cheeseburger. Uh, I think it even had bacon. Um, the, the, the cool part about the food is that it's themed. Uh, I, I'm literally eating a, a burger with with a mustache on it, a Mario mustache. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other question I had in regards to the had received in regards to the cafe motto were a couple things. Um, is it like three broomsticks where um, you order and uh, like you kind of sit down? Does someone bring it to your table? What's the dining experience like? So that's something I wasn't <laughs> ready for, Danny. Uh, cause even universal didn't say nothing, at least as far as I know, uh, the way it works is there's a queue. Once you get through the queue, you actually go to the register. They have like five registers. So it moves pretty quickly. After you order your food, you actually get sat down at a table, uh, with one of the team members and then they bring you your food. So it's almost like a quick service sit down experience. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be something that Universal upheld or upholds for a long time or not, but the service is literally just incredible. It's like they go out of their way to be like, hey, do you need any napkins? Do you need another fork? Do you need another spoon? Um, how is your food? Do you like your food? Oh, you don't like your food? Maybe we could substitute it for, for a snack. Like, I just felt like they were going really out of their way. Uh, I don't know if that's something that we experience a year from now, but at this point in time, Tosto Cafe is probably the best restaurant uh, service-wise and everything. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy the experience. And when you're inside Tosto Cafe, the theming keeps going, Danny. It's fully themed in there. All the windows uh, are screens that show Toad and uh, just all the people helping Toad, Chef Toad, cook the food. They're cooking the food in front of you. <laughs> yeah, and it's also showing like Mushroom Kingdom and like yeah. what, what it would be outside. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, I heard such great things about the cafe too. And uh, I know Mondo uh, on his channel posted what he's already done um but you have a plan right to try some more foods and showcase that on the food danny i want to go back i only tried <laughs> the burger i want to try the tiramisu the mount bean pole even the cupcake i want to try it all yeah um, and the kids meals too those look pretty oh, good dude the kids meals are that's all you need honestly <laughs> yeah i know um, right for for toadstool cafe uh i i <laughs> i just want to throw this out there I wanted to say it's the best restaurant at Universal Studios Hollywood. And then I remembered Three Broomsticks serves breakfast. So no, Toastville Cafe is number two. <laughs> number number two, two, yeah. yeah. I, I love Three Broomsticks. I love the food they offer. So, But I'm excited to try Toastville Cafe. I'll definitely be trying it on um, annual pass holder preview. Um, but that and about wrap. 
Oh, go ahead. Quick, Danny. The reason I bring three broomsticks up, we're like five years deep into Harry Potter and it's still upheld. The quality, the service, the theming, they're still on point. So I have hoped, and we know how strict Super Nintendo World is with anything, that they, they, they stick to what we're experiencing now. You'll feel this in a year, two years from now. You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree. And uh, super, uh, Three Broomsticks specifically, the quality has never changed. It's the same. You, you get what you get. Uh, and it's high theming and it stayed that way. And I, I'm so happy that it did. And I really hope that Super Nintendo World is the same. Uh, and I, I'm excited for that. But I wanted to thank you again, Mondo, for taking time to to join me on 5571 and talk about oh, your yeah, experience with Super it. Nintendo World. Uh, I'm excited to experience it. And again, for everyone listening, Super Nintendo World opens officially at Universal Studios Hollywood on February 17th, 2023. Uh, it is in technical rehearsal. Um, it's not guaranteed to open every day uh, between now and February 17th, but there is a possibility. So if you are visiting Universal Studios Hollywood, there's a chance you might be there on a day they're doing technical rehearsal. Um, so check, um, you know, the information boards, check with the information guest relations teams over at uh, Universal Studios for more information. Um, and if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast. There's a lot more episodes coming, not only on my experience at Lunar New Year Festival, which is what we'll be talking about next weekend. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. Also, my experience at Super Nintendo World, which I can't wait as well. Um, so lots, lots more coming. Um, and for, uh, for five fires, YouTube, I want to put the links to that as well as the link to Mondo's video on super Nintendo world. So you can see his experience. Uh, and those will all be in the show notes of this episode. Um, so that you can kind of get some more information on super Nintendo world. If you kind of want to find out more information, if you're trying to plan your visit, um, so you can see what Mondo experienced when he went to technical rehearsal um but thanks Danny, again yeah before we get out of here what's the best way uh people listening could help out the channel is it like hit a like button subscribe what, what's the best leave a review what's yeah the best, thing they could do? the best thing you can do share it share it um with podcasts it's all about how many people are listening um and and whether or not uh when people are listening um if they're subscribed so if they can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform uh they're listening on whether that's spotify whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, et cetera. Um, you'll so just everybody the... share this on your Instagram story or, or wherever you can on your social media. Share the yeah. link to, to Danny's podcast. Share it. And if you want to leave feedback, you can do so. Um, it, there's Every single app has an option to leave like a rating or um, a feedback. So definitely do that. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, and we got some questions too about Super Nintendo World, which is great. You can DM me on Instagram or, or Twitter some questions you might have that I can answer during the podcast. Or you can also email at uh, podcast at the 5571.com. Um, but again, thank you, Mondo, for joining. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening uh, to this particular episode. And we'll be back the next week talking about Lunar New Year Festival and a whole bunch more theme park news. But see y'all real soon. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.